0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Picholke, and, of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and follow all of us as well at the Duke of sports at Tyler Pacholke and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez.
1: What's up everyone. Welcome to another episode of the sports kingdom show. Jacob here. I'm in studio this week while Tyler will be joining the show by phone from home and Eric is on Skype from home due to the coronavirus and quarantine restrictions put in place here in Los Angeles. On this episode of the TSK show, we'll update you guys on the impact the coronavirus is having on the world of sports as it was announced that the 2020 Olympics will be postponed until 2021 due to concerns over the spreading of the virus. Also, with the absence of live sports right now, we thought it would be a good idea to start our series of ranking the top 10 players at each position in the NBA currently. And we're going to switch it up a little bit with the categories, but we'll explain later on in the episode. We're going to kick it off by ranking the top 10 big men in the NBA right now. All right, let's start the show. the sports kingdom kingdom sports kingdom 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 hey what's up eric how's it going man oh man jacob what's going on another day in quarantine
0: Yeah, man. Tomorrow marks uh, seven days since I have left my house. The last time I left my house was Wednesday night to record last week's episode of the Sports Kingdom. And it's been crazy. Basically, I've been put on quarantine per doctor's orders because I came into contact with someone that tested positive. And so, yeah, I'm not allowed to leave the house for another seven days after tomorrow.
1: It's funny because I have you on Skype right now, for those who do not know. I have Eric on Skype, and then I have Tyler on the phone. Hey, what's up, Tyler?
2: Hey, how's it going, man?
1: But, uh, Tyler, you obviously can't see this, but I have Eric on the computer, and it even looks like a quarantine scene out of a movie. The way the way yeah. he's sitting right now, he has his headphones on. He's got like a dim light in the back of his room. <laughs> I, got, yeah, you know, I got my yeah. ceiling fan on. <laughs> yeah. I got
0: my I got my solo cup. He's got with a solo a, cup in it.
1: But it really uh, looks like you're quarantined, though. You are playing the part correctly.
0: Oh dude, I I think I've only left my room for meals. It's it's been bad.
1: Not even outside? Uh, uh no, I've gone inside outside in the backyard. Yeah, you got you got to go out for sunlight at least, you know, yeah. once a day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no. I've d- yeah, I've yeah. done that and I I've like Taken the dog out So It's been It's been okay She's kept me entertained In the backyard It's good hey, What about you Tyler?
2: Get, we gotta get an online fancy draft Scar Oh dude
0: You know I'm always ready You Let me know we'll, We can do it after the After we're done recording
2: But yeah man It's been a, It's been pretty brutal Quarantined Now You know I haven't been on an Official quarantine But it's been about Two weeks inside So you know I'm Just trying to Keep my mental
1: what you got to do well in this day and age you got to find a new hobby
0: yeah so what have, What have uh, you guys been doing well
1: i know jacob you've been working yeah honestly I so stopped, but your life
0: your life hasn't really changed that much well, except you probably uh, your social life has probably stopped a little bit
1: yeah it kind of sucks right
0: now i'm not gonna lie Y'all tell me about it bro <laughs> but um tyler what else have you been doing you've been playing a lot of 2k Mad
2: a lot of UK, I've been watching, we've been watching one Harry Potter movie a night, every night. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, so I'm on the Half-Blood Prince right now, so we're, we're no, you're almost course, done. The, Honestly, yeah, Tyler has the right yeah.
1: move. You got to find yourself a series, like whether it be Star Wars, uh, Harry Potter, I can't think of another yeah. one. Um, I don't know, Indiana Jones is too, yeah. too short. But yeah, he's got the right idea. You find a series and or movies like tr- Trilogy, you keep going.
0: Yeah, no, I'm watching yeah. The West Wing right now. That's like seven seasons oh, worth man. of episodes, so I got a long ways yeah. to go with that. That's a deep one. Yeah, but it's good. I'm actually rewatching it. I've I've seen it before, but it's it's a classic to go back to.
2: Yeah, you know, lots of 2K. You know, lots of uh, lots of walks. Try to get outside as much as possible. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But all right, let's jump into the stuff we wanted to talk about tonight. I think first and foremost, the prob- i mean—I think this is probably the biggest sporting event in the world, the Olympics. Uh, yesterday, it was announced that it was agreed by International Olympic Committee President Thomas Bach and Japan's Prime Minister Shinzo Abe that the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo would be postponed until no later than the summer of 2021. The decision comes less than 48 hours after the IOC said it would give itself four weeks to make a decision about the Olympics. When do you guys think the last time the Olympics had ever been canceled or postponed was? Do either of you guys know this?
1: Probably, what, in the 90s and of some Maybe the Why 30s? The, no, Why the 90s? No, I don't know. No, no. Sorry, not, no. not 90s. 19, like 30s, maybe.
2: Okay. That's, yeah, that's my was, guess. I, I, want, I want to say it was the the Olympics with during World War II that they, or either that or the one in Russia. But honestly, those are just guesses.
0: Okay, so you, Tyler, one, you're actually half correct. Have,
2: so the
0: only, like I would have only uh,
2: that one one was canceled due to war and i just can't remember if it was like germany world war Two, germany or if it was like you know the cold war russia
0: yeah so it was actually world war Two and world war one they have only been canceled or postponed three times 1916 1940 1944 for world war one and world war Two. this is going to be this year for the 2020 olympics it's the first time the Olympics have been canceled or postponed for something other than war. Yeah. So obviously because of the coronavirus, they decided to postpone the Olympics, hopefully no later than the summer of 2021. The opening ceremony was supposed to be July 24th. So four months from yesterday's announcement to the day, There was growing pressure from both nations and athletes leading up to the announcement. Canada said it wasn't going to send representatives to the Olympics without some sort of delay or postponement. Australia also said the same thing. According to ESPN, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee sent a survey to over 4,000 American Olympic hopefuls over the weekend, and nearly 70 percent said they didn't think the games would be fair if held in July. Germany and Poland also called for the games to be delayed. I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but we all think this is the correct move, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. As far as, like, sports and the coronavirus goes, I think this is kind of just the climax and kind of the ending. You know, this is the last big thing to kind of shut the book on it, like, the coronavirus completely, you know, decimated all sports. I mean, they're canceling the biggest sporting event in the world. Jacob, what do you think?
1: I mean, I, I thought it was maybe going to just get pushed back until late summer, but... You well, know, it was already kind of late yeah, in the summer, yeah, would, late which, July. Which, which sucks, but... And it, it's obviously such a big spore. I mean, us us three should know that basketball is one of the biggest things, too, and and they want to continue on that streak. But I figured they would, like like I said before, that they would push it back to the end of summer, maybe maybe bleed into August, September, you know, later in those months. But no. honestly, with all the other stuff that has been getting canceled and especially with all the schools, like not, uh, they're closed until May 1st, until further notice. But, but basically on that same topic, though, everything else started to close a lot for longer periods of time. I thought it was only going to be a matter of time that they finally shut this down.
0: Well, and they're giving it a somewhat of a a time limit because the announcement between the IOC and uh, Japan's prime minister, they said that it's going to be no later than next summer. So if it goes, I mean, I don't see it going beyond past next summer, uh, but maybe we could see it next spring. Um, I don't think they're going to do it in the winter or the fall to kind of, because you can't do half of the sports that's why there's the winter and the summer olympics yeah ideally so, you would
1: still want to keep it within the summer if possible so late spring you know i wouldn't i wouldn't do a winter olympics well
2: yeah yeah i think trying to push it back like 1 year exactly just so then you're giving just because i mean i'm trying to think in sense of being an athlete it's like if you give one year, exactly one year, that's just like, you know, gives everybody kind of a fair shot to reassess their training, reassess if they're going to be able to, to make it or not. And so it's like, if you, if you push it back one year, then that's cool. If not, you know, you're going to end up having to cancel it.
0: Well, Tyler, I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I had another question written down that I wanted to make sure I asked you guys. So if you were an athlete, how would you feel about it being postponed in terms of considering you have to train for a whole nother year now? So you have to reevaluate your whole system when you thought you were going to be going to the games this summer and now you have a whole nother year to prepare. What, what do you guys think that
2: is going to be like for some athletes? I I think it's big time because Olympic athletes is much different than like basketball players. I think that, you know, the, the whole like track and field and, All these, like, individual, like, high-intensity sports, it's like every year counts so much to these Olympic athletes. And every year they lose a little bit of youth. You know what I mean? It's like if you're 31 and now you're going to be 32, maybe you lose a little speed. And that person that was 23 is now 24 to get a little strength. It's like like fractions of a second, you know, to get into the Olympics. And uh, a year can really throw off, like, everything that these athletes have trained for and so pushing it a year it's going to it's going to be tough because you're going to get a, a group of athletes that are stoked to have another year to train and you're going to get a group of athletes that are ready to go right now this is their moment in their life and now that you know they have to like you know do another year so i think it's going to be a mix of athletes that are uh, happy about the, you know getting it postponed and very very unhappy
0: Jacob, what about you?
1: I think I think mentally for the athletes, it kind of sucks because you had been preparing for so many years. And then, like you said, you're you're going into this year thinking, all right, th- these are where I'm going to be participating in the games. Now, as far as the body and the rest, I think it's good for them in that aspect because they can still train a little bit more and still take a little bit more time to get better if they had any small flaws in, in whatever they were training for. But again I just think mentally it's kind of a, it's it's a little bit of a mix up because you weren't prepared for that. You were obviously zoned in on on participating this year and unfortunately got screwed over.
0: Yeah, totally. Now, Tyler, uh selfishly I was thinking about this when you were talking because you brought up basketball and how it's different from other sports in terms of like Olympic sports like track and field and and all of that, but we saw this past summer a year ago the team usa team the basketball team not really perform as well and there was all this hope that this summer for the olympics in 2020 when they were supposed to take place that a lot of big names and better names and more star power of names were going to be on the team in the olympics with as big of a deal as free agency is going to be next year in 2021 Granted, we hope the season timeline is still on that track, but given that big free agent class in 2021, do you think there's going to be players that now drop out because it's been postponed a year because they want to not get injured because they're holding out for a big max contract?
2: Well, yeah, I mean you're gonna have a little bit of both. You're gonna have you're gonna have a group of players that were interested, or, or you know, or we're gonna make the team no longer won't. And then you got guys that weren't like on the radar right now, and that by next year they might be on the radar. And you know, I really meant more like basketball because it's a team sport, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like basketball one year, like they are three best players suck, in one year it's like it's a team, you know, we're gonna get three more guys. It's a it's a it's a group of guys, it's not just one athlete that's like dedicated to one you know, like a a sprint a sprinter. Or, you know, a javelin person, anything like that. That's just them. They're completely, like, you know, they're fortunate all on them. There's no team involved. So that's where, like, the big difference, where, like, team sports, you can take the time and you can get pushed back because you're still going to be able to feel the team, whereas an individual, it might drastically change over that year.
0: Yeah. Jacob, what about you? Do you think some big names might drop out because of this?
1: Yeah, only because, like, like you said, it is a, a contract issue with money and stuff like that. But I do, I do believe that there will be some athletes that say, you know what, uh, catch me in you know four years from now, uh, participating at the next Olympics, and they might just drop out of this one. Um, but some, yeah, like some athletes too that maybe don't have as like high intensity type sports, those people might still stay. Just, well yeah, just, no, but I was NBA. I was
0: just talking in terms of USA basketball and, and like stars in the NBA.
1: Well, honestly, yeah. honestly, the the speaking of, speaking on, on USA basketball, a lot of stars have kind of started to drop off in recent years too. Like the last Olympic team wasn't as star studded as like it was in two thousand and eight or in like ninety two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: Like yeah. like, no,
1: like t- players are really starting to drop out. Star players at least.
2: I think what you're saying, Scar, is, like, you're definitely going to lose, you know, you're definitely going to lose something to some contracts, maybe some injuries, but I think when it comes down to playing in the Olympics, the star (laughs) players that are available, that are healthy, that aren't on a contract year, they're going to be there, I think. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, Was there anything else on the Olympics you guys wanted to discuss? Um, crazy
2: man, crazy to see it. See
1: yeah, it honestly, I I knew it was going to be inevitable once, like I said, other things started to close down. But it does really suck though because a lot of people uh, kind of look forward to this because you see all all kinds of sports featured in this in this setting during the summer, and it just it, it does suck that you don't get to see it now this year. I mean, you got to see it next year, but still you have to wait a year. And on the athlete side, you know, you have that much more time to train, but you were just so. You know, you were just so uh, harping on on training this year and preparing all your your um, your your mental game and physical game just for this year to to participate in, and it sucks, you know. Yeah,
0: totally. And it's it's the Olympics is a spectacle. It's it's the world putting itself on the front page, basically putting their star athletes, the best athletes in the world, all together in one place to compete in all these competitions. And it's, I think, one of, in my opinion, I think one of the only times, especially because it happens only every four years. Yeah, exactly. That it's one of the times the world is, it kind of comes together, you know? It, it brings people together the Olympics. And it's, it sucks that it's not going to happen when the world needs it most. You know what I'm
1: saying? Which is crazy, too, because... I mean, here in the U.S., you're so spoiled because you have, you know, a lot of sports leagues, and you have top-notch athletes, and these athletes are also recognized in other countries. But what's cool about the Olympics, and it's it's a no-brainer too, it's very obvious, you get to see their athletes from different countries and how star-setted that some of these people are, like track and field. Like some of those those people are big-time names in different countries. Even to, like, gymnastics. Gymnastics is not very a big – honestly it's not really a big sport out here i would say but if you go to like china like it's a huge sport out there for them
0: yeah totally or i mean even the dream team players from the other team would like take pictures with them after the game and ask for their autographs
1: yeah and they just slaughtered them in the game
0: (laughs) yeah they just beat them by like 40
2: yeah and you're you're gonna see that the big time sports like soccer and well, I mean, because athletes are some of the most famous people in the world, so you're gonna you're gonna get some of that starstruckness.
0: Yeah, so. so that's
2: the big. It's the biggest biggest sporting event in the world. It's literally the biggest possible you know sporting event you can make. You got the whole world there. I mean, that's why people love sports. Sports is kind of like, you know, it kind of transcends like society where there's no basketball, is basketball and basketball kind of it, it, it goes through, you know, race, it goes through, you know, religion, it goes through all that kind of bullshit. It's just like you're a basketball player and we all love basketball. And so, you know, like you said, it brings, brings together the world.
0: Yeah. And also to the point that like the, the Olympics was kind of like that last hope of like, hopefully it doesn't get postponed or canceled or, or whatever because of the coronavirus, but when it did get postponed when i saw the announcement it's like god nobody knows like when this is gonna end and it's like with sports it's that's one thing people use as a way to escape reality to get away from the real world and it it kind of i mean for me personally it's it sucks i miss i miss sports
1: yeah the weekends suck now yeah, yeah. There's nothing to do. Like, like on the weekend, even during the week, you'd go to a restaurant, a bar. Even if you just stay at home, and you just turn on, you know, whatever highlight game is on. You know, the prime time game of the of the weekend of, or of the night, and you sit there and you watch it with friends or family, and you can't even do that now. Now you're yeah. just watching replays.
0: I mean, it's cool that a lot of the sports channels are playing replays of old games that probably a lot of people haven't seen, and uh, especially the younger generation, they get to see. Uh, a lot of the greats uh of the sports uh world. So it's I think it's cool that a lot of the sports channels are playing replays of
1: games from the past, a lot of the classics
0: and and finals matchups and all of that. So I th- I think it's cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's really nostalgic. Like I've always loved to watch like old NBA games because you see games played like in the 90s, which is really cool because you see like who were the top players of that era obviously. Uh, and it's cool now because you have something to do. But if it was up to everybody and everybody had a legitimate vote, they would want sports to come back. Oh, ASAP. for sure. Yeah. ASAP, And and get rid of all these old games. It's cool again, but it's like you would rather have new games and live games.
2: Yeah, No, we're going to make it, guys. It's going to be all right. <laughs> all
0: right. Next topic I wanted to talk about and I'm pretty sure I said it last week when we were talking about the sports world initially getting shut down but there's no way the XFL thought that a global pandemic was going to be the end of their first season and they weren't even going to make it through a full first season so I wanted to kind of talk about the a couple of the players that are getting the opportunity in the NFL now because the NFL is still going on and I kind of forgot to have this conversation with you guys yesterday, but or not yesterday, last episode. What was your thoughts about the NFL league starting, like the year starting on time and free agency going on while all of this coronavirus stuff was going on because there was some backlash towards the NFL on that topic. And then we can get to the XFL real quick.
2: I think it was awesome. I mean, it's been the most entertaining thing, you know, in sports. Like, the NFL offseason has been been great, in my eyes. I understand why people are getting backlash, but I know that, you know, the NFL is uh, conducting all of these meetings through video. Um, yeah. Or, and, and I also think that, you know, NFL players and NFL executives and agents, I think that they have access to te- private testing, uh, more so than most people. So I don't think that the NFL deserves backlash in the sense that they're like being negligent and not, you know, taking the right precautions and spraying this disease. I think totally. they, I think that they know you know, I think that they're going about it the right way. And I'm glad that they are keeping to the schedule just to kind of keep hope of, you know, the NFL season starting on time. Because, you know, if you shop it up now and we clear this thing up, by the end of April, then, you know, you've kind of thrown off your whole timeline. So I think it's good to just keep the keep the money train rolling. And and like I said, I think the free agent signings have been the most entertaining thing in sports the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, it makes it seem like sports isn't all that gone. And it, it, it does give hope that the season will start on time. And I, I completely agree that the NFL is taking all the precautions by shutting down air travel for free agent visits and physicals for um, certain level of players and free agents and all of that. Like, for instance, I know Cam Newton got an independent physical done in Atlanta by a doctor that was approved by the NFL and all of that, and he can send that out to teams uh, that he is getting looked at by. So I definitely think the NFL is taking all the right precautions Jacob, did you, you think the backlash was fair?
2: Remotely, you know.
0: Say that one more time, Tyler.
2: I I was just like, you can do all this stuff remotely, you know, that's why it's just like there's no need to stop. They're not having team practices, they don't have, you know, twenty guys out there sweating and bashing into each other. It's it's all done in offices, in doctors' offices, and and you know, through the phone. It's uh I know they're going about it the right way.
0: Yeah. Jacob, did you think the backlash was fair?
1: Uh kind of. Honestly, like all these all these sports, they just did all these dates that they have right now, they're all tentative and it just sucks because in in terms of the X, of the XFL, like they didn't see this either and they had a somewhat w- successful start to their season. And a lot of these players you see them that they're getting highlighted and stuff and now obviously it's uh kind of over.
0: Yeah.
2: So yeah, all right, so let's get let's XFL. get back to
0: Say that one more time, Tyler.
2: I said no. That was awful luck for the XFL. Yeah. All right. Let's
0: let's get back to the XFL. So, like I was saying, nine total players have now signed with NFL teams, and the first one I want to talk about, obviously the best player in the XFL, Tyler. I thought you had some solid sources up in Washington, but it looks like. P.J. Walker is reuniting with his former college coach in Carolina, and he's going to compete for the backup job behind Teddy Bridgewater, and that's P.J. Walker.
2: Yeah, no, I mean that was uh, he 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 did come to Seattle. Uh, he did meet with them, and then obviously you know we didn't end up going that route. But I got to assume that you know I didn't realize Matt Rule was the coach at Temple while he's at Temple. And that's, you know, that's a huge advantage. So oh, it's, for cool sure. that he's, it's cool that he's in the NFL, um, even though, like, yeah, obviously it would have been cool for the Seahawks to get him. But it's cool he's playing with his college coach. He's got a guy that believes in him. And, you know, he's probably going to win the backup job. Uh, Panthers traded Kyle Allen. They released Cam Newton. So, you know, they only have him and Teddy Bridgewater. And those and, are two guys that well, he's, have, neither he's, one he's of them played on the look
0: well he's competing against will greer but i mean i think i would say pj walker is probably better than will greer especially if matt rule was his college coach
2: yeah no i mean uh will greer you know is fine you know backup but i think he's gonna end up winning that job and you know ultimately i just think it's nice that he's going in there with teddy bridgewater being brand new as well he's with his college coach it kind of gives him more advantages in the competition yeah. I don't know, maybe he can clean, that rock, clean the Rock.
0: Yeah, he led the XFL in passing yards. I mean, they only played five games, but uh, he had a, uh, over 1,300 passing yards to lead the XFL, and he had 15 touchdown passes to lead the XFL. And his well, team that, had the yeah. best record, the Houston Roughnecks.
2: Yeah, and Matt, if you watched, watched him play, he was just by far the best player in that league.
0: Yeah. Now... Another player, the XFL's interception leader, uh, 25-year-old Dietrich Nichols, he signed with the New Orleans Saints. He's a cornerback. He has some NFL experience. He played six games for the Cardinals in 2018, so I thought that was pretty cool. The sacks leader in the XFL, Jaron Jones, just signed today with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then another quarterback getting it. opportunity for a backup job jordan taamu is signing with the super bowl champ kansas city chiefs and he's gonna compete against chad Henney for the backup job behind patrick mahomes
2: yeah and he's uh he's a kid that was i think he was drafted but he didn't end up ever making it making the cut um prolific college player at old miss i'm excited that he got he got an opportunity too
0: yeah, Jacob. You, what do you think these XFL players are going to do in the NFL? You think they can compete at that level, or?
1: Uh, I think they can because a lot of the uh, the the better players you've seen in the XFL, like they're pretty legit. And I think I said this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about them that some of the some of these guys are like legit backups um, to to starting positions in the NFL. And so I think what you'll really start to see here is you'll really start to see like what they're made of as far as the bigger names in the XFL. Now, I don't think all of the players or the majority of them are legitimate um, pickups for an NFL team, but there's a good handful of them that are solid studs.
2: And like it's going to be a great, it's going to be a great little crutch league for football in the sense that you know there's an opportunity to keep playing after college, and you know they're playing on the opposite season of the NFL. So you play well, you can find yourself in the NFL, and I think the ultimate draw to the XFL now is it's a stepping stone to the league you know you get better football players you get a better product you get more fans it's, it's looking like the XFL is gonna be all right
1: yeah uh, it, honestly it's almost like a uh, like a D league for like an NBA or like a minor league team for MLB which I think is great because football never really had it if you didn't make the team or practice squad or whatever you were kind of asked out yep so now uh, you, now you then, have like, the second it, option to go to
2: the Arena League and the, you know the Canadian Football League were both good football leagues, but they were the dynamics of their game were different because of the rules. Um, they had you know that it was quite a bit different than like a, the the regular NFL rules. So it's not like there hasn't been you know quality football, but this is I think turning the corner on possibly could be the best product outside of the NFL we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think – well, I actually, do you guys think that the XFL can, like, withstand this coronavirus pandemic and be able to come back for a second season?
2: Yeah, definitely, especially with the guys getting the NFL contracts. And it's almost like, you know, you could almost turn it if you wanted to flip, you know, kind of turn the tables a little bit. You could say it's almost like a blessing in disguise because it's like, you know, if anything – it could have gone bad for them, uh, you know, to keep playing football. But now their season stops, like, at a high point. Their players get picked up into the NFL. And so year two, you're coming in, well, like, we didn't get to finish year one, so we got to do year two. That gives you a whole other year of preparation. I think it's only going to help them, honestly, uh, as far as the longevity, because the most important thing was getting to year two, you know. And year two, the most important thing is going to be able to get to year three. Because every year that league exists, the more and more likely it's going to last. And so I think, you know, in some ways it could have been a blessing in disguise because people are going to, you know, use the coronavirus as an excuse to give it another shot.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that it will be able to survive this whole situation. And I also think that it was really good on the XFL's part to let the players immediately sign with an NFL team if, they were given the opportunity to so I think that that gives almost a trust between the league and the players that this league wants the best for the players and if they do get an opportunity in the NFL to go do it
2: no it's a great relationship to build because you know right now it's turning into you know these guys in their mid-20s that need another shot after college to keep progressing their game get some you know get some exposure And it's like – and, and the you know, they actually did get signees out of the league. And and then, you know, in the future you could see it's like, what if there's a veteran guy, you know, that misses out on a year of football just because he can't quite find the right fit. And then, you know, but he still wants to play. So he goes and plays in the XFL, proves he can do it, and then gets the contract that next fall. You know what I mean? It's just like it's going to be a good – it will be a good relationship if the NFL and the XFL stay on that. That kind of you know route. They got the XFL smart. They got it. They got to know that getting players from their league to the NFL is only going to better their league.
1: Yeah, honestly, I see n- nothing but growth for this league too. I think it, it has has the attention of fans, which is already good because you really need a solid fan base to continue on as a franchise. But I just think even how it's tweaked its rules a little bit and it makes the game a little bit more entertaining and they're not as restrictive as the NFL because they almost basically have, like, no rules. Uh, to me, I think that's what's really going to what's really going to help grow it. And you will see um, a trend in players leaving the XFL and making the jump to the NFL. But like I said, it's only going to be those handful of players that are legit studs that are going to make that jump because the rest of the guys, they might have been, you know, 3rd string on their college team or whatever. And they may have been good then, but I don't think that they have what it takes to make it to the NFL. But it's a small pool, again, of what the uh, XFL has in, like, legit players.
2: And it can, I think it can only get bigger. You yeah, know, no, it,
1: it definitely can get uh, that, bigger. I think, as more people, pool, um, I think as more people make the jump to the NFL, uh, you'll start to see more – XFL players take it a little bit more serious. Not that they're not, but they'll they'll train a little bit harder just so they can and possibly make that jump and get signed to an NFL team.
2: Yeah, it's like, and then you know, hopefully, eventually you'll get those guys that you know are kind of like X stars that didn't. You know, like what if next year you know Trent Richardson and and um, Eddie Lacy you know come out because they're like. Uh, you know they got back into shape. You know it could be it could be a good day. You could start seeing you know some bigger names go to the league. It's it's uh, I'm excited for the future of the XFL.
0: You think Trent Williams could possibly end up in the XFL? Trent Richardson. Oh sorry, I, I, I yeah, was he, thinking about he, Trent he Williams was. from
2: the Redskins. Trent Richardson was actually going to be in the XFL this year, but ended up, like, backing out at the end. But that's what I mean. It could be, you know, it could end up being, like, kind of a tryout. Like, say a guy was, like, a great running back, but he was just known for being a horrible pass blocker. Well, if he goes to the XFL, and he pass blocks for a season. He could show that, you know, maybe he's improved his game and be right back on the field the next NFL season.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's a proving ground for potential NFL prospects, especially ones that might have fizzled out of the league, like uh, Trent Richardson. And I even think Trent Richardson was in the a- AFL or whatever that league was called that didn't last very long.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But see, I just, I've been a big fan of how the XFL went about it, how they started their league up and what, you know, what they decided to really bank on. And it's it's showing to, Grateful,
0: yeah. So, all right, um, real quick, I had to post on social media because of this quarantine situation. Oh, yeah, I just uh,
1: saw right now, I got a notification.
0: I was just about to ask, Did you get that notification? Oh, I did, but uh, basically, I posted from my personal one and then reposted it on the TSK show account. But I was like, had to make some sacrifices for quarantine, but podcasting wouldn't be one of them. So uh, we're here for the people. Had to, I mean, we got nothing better to do than to
1: make content, you know, fellas? Exactly right. Yeah, if you're not watching uh, the replay of old games, I mean, we might as well, you know, bust out a new episode. Yeah,
0: listen, I mean, one thing that I always do when I'm playing video games is throw that bad boy on mute and just put in my headphones and listen to podcasts, so... If you got nothing better to do for an hour or so, check out the TSK show. But, all right, let's move on to the last topic of the night. We said we were going to start our series of ranking the top 10 players at each position in the NBA. Tyler, you and I have done this two previous installments, so this is going to be the third time we've done this. And we kind of switched up the the categories a little bit, so why don't you kind of explain to the people how we switched it up and how we're going to be categorizing NBA players going forward with this series over the next uh, four weeks after tonight.
2: Well, you know, so the last couple of years, we've just done the kind of like old-style point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, but we've always kind of talked about how that's not really how guys are categorized almost every player in the nfl uh in the nba can play multiple positions um and it's more of a positionalist game nowadays so i was just trying to think of a better way to kind of sort these guys um and kind of you know put more similar similar players against similar players now i don't think it's perfect and in fact it probably is more like six or seven positions um but i actually got it down to five that i thought could you can categorize just about every player into. Um, so, for my five types of positions, we're gonna ca- we're gonna rank our five or top ten best big men. So, big mans are basically guys that you don't want on the perimeter, um, outside of a couple few exceptions like an Ant Davis. But it's you know it's a guy that normally plays the four, or the five, a traditional center, traditional power forward, um, kind of the big nose uh, guys. Not necessarily all the the tall guys, but there's also, you know, those compact, strong, big guys. Uh, um, So that's, like, one. And then the second one, I got forwards. Forwards are guys that play the three and the four. That's your guys like Carmelo Anthony, Kawhi Leonard, uh, Giannis. Um, There's a lot of different kind of forwards out there, but they're the guys that are going to be kind of play the perimeter, play inside. Um, Then we got Wings. Wings are guys that are typically anywhere from like playing the two or the three Uh, wings are guys like Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Um, you know, guys that are not going to play the point, but they're going to stick on the perimeter, typically not going to be inside. Um, Then we got, then I'm going to move on to the, uh, the off guard position. Um, Guards are typically guys that can play the one or the two uh, also known as combo guards, shooting guards. Uh, Most of these guys, it's going to be like Brad Beal, C.J. McCollum, Avery Bradley. They're guys that, like I said, they can play both guard positions. Um, they're they're no one that you want inside the inside the post. Uh, and then the fifth one, which kind of was the hardest one um, to describe, is what I like to call the playmaker or the ball handler, um, just because we've seen a kind of a shift where um, point guards. I think the point the term point guard just it was a guy that set the offense up. Uh, he can knock down the open shot, good ball handler, high IQ guy. And they still have that. But now uh, you typically put your best playmaker at the point guard, whereas like point guards didn't used to be, you know, scores is quite as much. Um, so that's kind of my five. I got big man. I got forwards. I got wings. I got guards. And I got ball handler playmakers.
0: All right. So tonight, like Jacob said in the intro, we are going to start with the top 10 big men in the NBA. And do we want to do it how we did it last week with the top 25, uh, under 25 going from bottom up? Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we, we might as good. well. I like that trend. Okay. All right. So, Jacob, do you want to start with your number 10?
1: Yeah. Also, we're just gonna go ten, and then you're next uh, to share your ten. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yes. Well, no, no, no. So you start with number ten. Just I'll number do my 10. number ten. Then Tyler does his number okay, ten. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's what I meant.
1: All right. So uh, coming in at number ten, I have uh, Nick Vucevic from the Orlando Magic.
2: Okay. Yeah, that's about. That's pretty close to what I got. About. Um, yeah. I ha- I have Miles Turner at number ten.
0: Okay. All right, Miles Turner didn't end up making my list. Uh, at number ten, I actually have Clint Capella from the Atlanta Hawks.
2: Man, you're still riding that guy. <laughs> uh, listen, listen man. Last year's episode. Listen to last year's episode. It was cracking me up because I had him at nine. I had him at 19, and you had him at seven.
0: I did have him at seven. <laughs> But, yeah. no, I mean, listen, he's averaging 13.9 points per game and 13.8 rebounds per game. Like, he's he's a machine. He's a double-double machine.
2: La- last year what I said was he's he played in an opportunistic offense, which he has. Now, he's newly a Hawks, so we'll see. I'm excited right. for him to play with the Hawks. But he's a consistent guy, and he was in an opportunistic offense. He was just fed buckets, fed high-percentage shots, fed rebounds. Fed opportunities under the rim. Uh, I think he's a solid player, and I think and I think he's a good addition for Atlanta. But I definitely don't think that you know there's guys that I don't have on my list, top ten like Al Horford, LaMarcus Aldridge, that I think would give him lots of fits. Uh, so I just I don't think I can put Clint Capel on my top ten.
0: I I don't know. In terms of fits on defense, he's. He's got almost two blocks a game. He's good, but listen, you don't, you don't think he's going to get the same opportunistic opportunities in Atlanta with Trey young as his point guard. He'll, he
2: will get the opportunities,
1: but I don't think he'll have the same success because Harden set him up for a lot of those points.
2: Yeah. I I, I think that Trey, I mean, obviously I think extremely highly of Trey young, but uh, I just don't think that that team is necessarily as good on offense. I mean, Mike D'Antoni is an offensive wizard, and you know, I just I don't think he's necessarily going to be the guy. They have John Collins that can also run the high pick and roll. I don't know if they're going to rely on just him like Houston did. I mean, he he was Houston's only rim protection. He was Houston's only uh, you know high pick and roll man, um, and I just don't think he's going to get the same amount of volume as he did in in Atlanta and I, or and in Houston, and I don't think he's going to get as high a quality of looks as he did in Houston. But all he's right. going to be solid. I mean, I think I think he's a middle of the middle-of-the-road starting center. I think he's right right in the middle of the pack for all starting centers. He's all not right. He's not great, not bad.
1: Okay, Jacob, who you got at number nine? All right, coming in at number nine is Miles Turner from uh, the Indiana Pacers. So I didn't have him as 10. I have him as nine. Interesting. All right. So okay. I have Bruce-
2: I I had Vucevic as 9. Yeah, so see, me and Soto just
1: flip-flopped.
0: I have Vucevic at
2: 9, too. I don't necessarily love Vucevic. In fact, I tried really hard not to have him in my top 10. Uh, But, I mean, he's an effective guy. He's a big body. He's a great rebounder. And he's obviously, you know, he's held off Mo Bamba, which I thought, you know, I thought Orlando would switch gears to try to develop their younger center, but they have him because, you know, Vucevic has been so incredibly productive.
1: Yeah, he's – honestly, he's much more skilled than Mobamba, honestly. And it's not even because he's no,
0: a veteran. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, listen, Vucevic wasn't, yeah, I mean, Bamba...
0: wasn't supposed to survive the trade deadline with Orlando, but he yeah, ended exactly. up doing so. But he's just – he's been a consistent piece for them, and he's honestly been their best player for probably the last five years.
2: Yeah, no, I mean he's been he has been kind of a cornerstone for that franchise the last couple of years. But I think it's kind of it was a, kind of a, a surprise for them. But you know he, he's a. I think the reason why I can't really like buy in is I don't know if you see the same production in a winning franchise as you do his in production in Orlando. As far as it might be, there might be some empty stats there.
0: Okay. All right, Jacob, who you got at eight?
1: All right, at number eight, well, I had to remove somebody last minute, but at number eight, I have Steven Adams from uh, Oklahoma. Interesting. Nice. Okay.
2: Me too. me too.
1: I'll see. Me and, Tyler, oh. me and Tyler are on the same page for the centers. I don't know. Maybe the list changes as we get to the uh, top five, but it's pretty close. All right, well, I, I think I'm about it, to drop I doubt a it's bomb. going to change much. Oh, no. Well, you started with Clint Capello, so <laughs> I'm scared to see who your number eight is.
0: Well, so – I'll preface this number eight with this. If we were to go 11 and 12, they would be Steven Adams and Miles Turner. My number eight is Miles Turner's teammate, DeMontis Sabonis, first-time All-Star this year, averaging 18.5 points per game, 12.4 rebounds a game, five assists a game, and he's shooting 54% from the field.
2: Yeah, see, Hmm. I went back and forth. I went back and forth with... Sabonis and Miles Turner and Al Horford at number ten. Sabonis um, is—he just right there for me for sure. Uh, last so the last two seasons on these lists, I've had Sabonis as my number ten power forward. So this is the first year he doesn't make my top ten.
0: Interesting. Yeah. No, I was definitely excited when when we agreed to kind of switch up the categories uh, with how we're doing it because I could include Sabonis as a top 10 big man in the NBA, because I think it's deserved the progression he's had throughout his career in Indiana. I think he's solidified himself as that second piece under Victor Oladipo as, as the centerpiece.
2: What a trade for Paul George, right? I mean, honestly, man, low-key. honestly, that they, they, they look, you know, really got a lot of value and, you know, now they're looking at what three playoff runs with Victor Oladipo and Sabonis. So um those guys have really really progressed well. I'm a big, big, big Sabonis fan.
1: Yeah, so but, yeah, you guys I, I, you guys I both had, had the same had number Adams. eight? Yeah, I have Steven yep. Adams. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. So Tyler, who do you have at number seven?
2: At seven I got the big I got the big the big hog uh down low. I got Andre Drummond.
0: Okay, me too, me too.
2: I got Drummond at number seven. He's the elite rebounder, world-class rebounder, you know, maybe the best in the league, definitely the top He's high. leading the league right now. Yep, yeah, and he's always statistically way up there. Um, he's in a terrible situation out in Cleveland, but uh, he's always produced really well and kind of always been a big fan of him. I watched him play live last year. And that uh, That definitely opened my eyes up to his, his strength, his positioning, his IQ, and stuff like that. So definitely think he's a he's a top-ten guy, and I got him at seven.
0: Yeah, I also have him at seven. Like Tyler said, just a, a force in nature on the rebounding end. He's averaging 15.2 rebounds a game, leading the NBA uh, once the NBA was announced that it was suspending the rest of the season. But also on defense, he is a pest. He averages 1.9 steals per game and also 1.6 blocks per game. So just an all-around force of nature on the defensive end. And when you have an anchor like that on defense and in the rebounding game, it's it's so critical to a winning team and a championship team. It's just it's been so unfortunate to see him in the situations in Detroit and in Cleveland. So hopefully in free agency this summer – uh, or whenever it starts, uh, because it is likely he opts out, uh, hopefully he gets into a better scenario.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, I think he's like, you know, if he had some of, you know, if he had some of that Marcus, Saul, Al Horford, Nikola Jokic range, you know, if he could, like, extend his game out offensively, I think he'd be a top five guy, no doubt. Um, it's just he's only at number seven purely because he just, he can't step outside the key be effective. Yeah, I agree with on, that. on offense.
1: Jacob, who you got at seven? Now, see, he would have made my list, but I left him off of it. Um, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa. I, no, I did. Yeah, I think it was more of a personal issue on my end. See, I like Drummond, and he's a great rebounder, but I feel like since he's been in the league, he really hasn't made – much progression since when he was at one point considered one of the best centers in the league in my opinion but he's kind of dropped off since then so I left him off my list but number seven um, he is kind of the jackass in the NBA in the last two months because of what he did at the press conference when all this coronavirus broke out but I have Rudy Gobert as number seven
0: I have Rudy Gobert at six uh, moving to the next slot so I, I have him at six listen he's two-time reigning defensive player of the year yeah i love his i love his
1: game he he's not the best offensive player but he really doesn't need to be on that utah jazz team it would be great if he could add more of an offensive game which in the last two years he's kind of added a like 15 you know footer to his game so to speak and he's trying to expand it but honestly he just needs to be what he's done for the past two years and that's be the defensive anchor on that team
2: uh, yeah I so what we're on the number we're on the number 6. Yeah, 6. Um so at 6 I got uh I got Porzingis. Okay. Uh, okay. Yep, yeah, so uh 6 I, you know Porzingis I I there's a couple guys I might even I might even take. There's a couple guys ahead of him that I might take him over but he's just still kind of in comeback season. So as of today, on my list, there's you know there's still a little bit of rust to me that he's still shaking out, but um, this guy's an all-world talent, seven three power forward. I think he's the third tallest person in the NBA. Uh, can shoot I think the three he, I think him and walk.
0: Boban are the same height, seven three.
2: Yeah, I think Boban is the second tallest, and Kristaps is the third tallest person in the NBA. I'm pretty sure they're the two and the three. Oh, I guess I guess and, I'm forgetting Taco now. Yep. Yeah, he's, and then, he's uh, probably the tallest
0: person. <laughs> yeah, he is for Taco sure. Is yeah. The tallest.
2: Yeah. Ta- Taco, Bobon, and Porzingis, and then so it's like you know seven three can stretch it out, to, can stretch it out to the three point line, can block shots, plays the power forward, plays the center. Um, he's the unicorn, so uh, he's got to be at number six for me.
0: Okay. Well, I actually have Kristaps Porzingis at number five. Um I can understand the argument for flipping Rudy Gobert and Porzingis totally. Um So you have but, you have Gobert at six? Yeah, I have Gobert at six and Porzingis at five.
2: Uh, so I have so I at five I have Gobert. As, okay, so uh, I know you guys I know you guys just talked about Gobert, but um for me he's the best he's the best defensive center in the NBA. Um, the only reason i take him over for Zingas is because he's been a little more consistent the last couple of years. Um, I think, I think he's our modern day Dikembe Mutombo. Um, and then, I, you know, I also believe like when it comes to offense, if he can set screens and pass the ball, the only other thing I need him to do is hit free throws so he can play late in the game and Gilbert is a top tier center.
0: Yeah. I like that Dikembe comparison.
2: Yeah, just, you know, he's huge bodies, plus seven feet tall, defensive monster, great rebounder, but, you know, limited on offense. But he plays with players that you don't really need his offense. I mean, Dikembe played with, you know, Allen Iverson and uh, Mamadou Abdul-Raouf, or a.k.a. Chris Jackson. And, uh, you know, Gobert's played with Donovan Mitchell and the guys that have been with Utah the last couple of years, so. Yeah, totally. So who is that? You got Porzingis at number five. Who does Jacob have at number five?
1: Oh Well, I haven't done six yet, but uh, number six is uh, Blake Griffin. Wait, you didn't do six? Jacob? No, no, I had I had Gobert at seven. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah, yeah I don't know. At, at six, I have Blake Griffin, which I never really liked his game, to be honest with you, in the beginning. Uh, it was kind of one-dimensional, but, you know, he was – You know, he was just that star-studded athlete with a bunch of athleticism. But honestly, since then, I've really appreciated how he's transformed his game. He has a post-up game now. He can stretch the floor with hitting the three, which that's more consistent in recent years. And honestly, a great ball handler for his position, too. So
2: He's he's a really good ball handler. Yeah, a
1: great ball handler. You saw what he was doing with the Clippers when he was on that team. And then since then, he's been really solid. I
0: thought we were so considering I, course, him
1: more just like a regular forward.
2: Well, well, we'll talk- we did, we, talk, we talked about that, Sklar, personally, not in the group chat. Oh, I thought
0: that was in the group chat. My fault.
2: No, so I was going to say, I personally had Blake Griffin as a forward. Um, but, uh, you know, having him as a big guy, I mean, he was the guy that I – the reason why I texted Sklar is, is like, this guy is on the border of being a big guy and a forward.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's probably the only one that's that border. Really. Yeah, of
2: all the guys that I saw, he was he was the only one that came up. So
1: yeah.
2: Okay. Um, so who we who do we got at number five, Jacob?
1: So at number five, I have Stapps Porzingis. Uh, you did say, yeah, the rust was kind of a, an issue, and I I think the same too. He would be a little higher on my list too had he stayed healthy and not gotten injured. Because I think he would have been that kind of player by this time. But unfortunately, it didn't work out for him like that. But he's still on this list, though, at number five.
2: And he's 24. Yeah, he's and still I young. Think the, I think that the, you know, Porzingis to me is like when he's in, I think if he can stay around in the league to his late 20s, he'll have made it. And it's just like he's going to blossom in his late 20s and early 30s because he's going to fill out. He's going to get man strength. He'll start playing the center more um i already can see where his his career is going to progress he's going to get bigger and stronger and smarter and he's going to be able to play more center less power forward um he's going to get more coordinated and comfortable with his body and his game and um yeah man this the sky's the limit for for porzingis
0: yeah totally i i just think the key for him is to stay
2: healthy yeah and he's just got to be able to stick around like if he can make it to his late twenties without being, you know, so injured that he's out of the league, I think he'll be good because you know, when you're younger, I think he's relying more on athleticism and movement. And he'll get smarter as he gets older and that body will fill out and he'll be smarter about, you know, what he's doing out there. For sure.
1: All right. So Jacob, who do you have at number four? So at number four, he would be higher, but at times I feel like he's just kind of soft. Uh, and that's Cat, so from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay, yeah, I also I have it, Carlos, it, and he got, it at four. Yeah, again, he would be higher on my list, but it's tough to put him in front of my next three only because of his game at times is a little bit soft for me. He's not as aggressive as he should be because he is a dominant force. And coming out of oh. college, like, he was – honestly, he was a stud. But since then, you know, the, the leadership issues with him and Jimmy Butler, like, to me, that's also – a factor uh, of me putting him at four as well.
0: I also completely forgot think, he got choked out by Ben Simmons the, earlier this year until I saw a video on the internet uh, oh, with yeah. the hashtag
2: yeah. I miss sports. So And Ben Simmons <laughs> got away with it, of course. <laughs> of course um, he did, but... I think, I think we're going to have the same top four probably in the same order. Probably. Um, to me, any one of these guys on any given day is number one. Cat, I think the reason why we all you know, you guys are saying it, it's all kind of in the same world. Is like, Kat's the, he's probably the most talented guy, you know, out of all these big guys, he's got as much talent as any of them. But, yeah, he's soft. I mean, there's obviously something to be said about the Jimmy Butler and the Ben Simmons and all those kind of events. But it's just all, you know, that Minnesota team for five years should have been making playoff runs and hasn't. Um, so he's just kind of in that mode of, like, He's getting great stats on bad teams while he's young. And like I said last year, when we talked about Cat on this list, it's like he got his guy to come, to come and, you know, play with him and D'Angelo Russell. But in my mind, you got to get out of Minnesota if you're a big guy. I mean, Garnett left, got his ring. Kevin Love left, got his ring. Um, you yeah, know, Minnesota totally. is just a t- it's, a, it's a tough place to play.
1: And honestly, you, the fact that you bring up D'Lo is great too because they are such good friends – you know they they have been for so long but like if this doesn't work out with them too because i think playing wise it should but like it if it doesn't then you really know that you should probably leave and that it might be an issue with Cat, because look at how many good players he's played with yeah,
2: yeah they're totally. going to give that they got they got to they got to give that a one full season and if that shit doesn't work it's just like you know it's a swing and a miss and yeah, I'm not a big fan of either one of those guys. Neither one of them has really proven anything, but, you yeah. know, they're both just insanely talented, so. Yeah, number I think three, yeah, I think we're all cool. on the same number...
0: page. What'd you say, Tyler?
2: Oh, uh, I was just going to say number three. I got the Joker.
0: Oh, hold on, hold on. I wanted to say something about Cat real quick. Um, as far as Cat, like, I think we're all on the same page. Uh, especially, like, Tyler, you said, that probably any one of these four could be the number one player any given – like, the number one big man any given day. Like, in a league where the big man is stretching further and further out, Cat's shooting 41.2% from three on eight attempts a game. So that's really impressive. But the reason I had to keep him at four was that winning aspect, is he hasn't done anything. He hasn't made the playoffs – when Minnesota should have been in those playoffs all those years with Wiggins and Karl Anthony Towns as the cornerstones of the franchise, so yeah. But you were saying yeah, number no. three for you is the Joker.
2: Yeah, I got to go with the Joker. Um, yeah, tough, tough to, tough to say anything bad about this guy. He's is an incredibly sneaky basketball player. I see like a lot of a lot of Divock in him, um, high post master. Uh, can fish the rock, shoot the rock, um, and there's the math of human being.
0: Yeah, my number three is actually Joel Embiid. Uh, and my number two is the Joker. Uh, but I'll talk about the Joker when we get to number two. So for my number three, Joel Embiid, I think, like we said, for any one of these top four, he could be the best big man in the league any given day. But with... The combination of him and Ben Simmons, we don't really know if it's working. I don't know which one it is in terms of which one which piece doesn't fit in Philadelphia. But I mean, twenty three points per game, almost twelve rebounds a game. He's he's a force in nature. He has to be in the top three for me at least. So, Jacob, who do you have at number three?
1: So at number three, I do have Jokic as well. Same thing as Tyler, uh, only because of his ability to pass too. He's not—he's honestly probably the best distributor on that team.
0: That's why I have yeah. him at number yeah. two. Yeah, he's,
1: he's number—he's number three for me on that team because of just everything he does too. He's not—he's not the greatest defender, but he is kind of pesky at times. But on the offensive end, that's like—he just what he brings to the offensive end is so drastic for that team too, and so important.
2: Yeah, totally. And so I, I, I had Embiid at number two and basically, you know, to kind of follow up what Sklar said about Embiid, I definitely think that he is the one that's I think he propels success, whereas Ben Simmons I think propels more of their struggles.
1: Uh, yeah. I think
2: that I think that Embiid has the attitude that you want out of your superstar where he's kinda of like, fuck everybody else. I'm not making friends out here, I'm trolling people, I'm talking shit. Um and I'm and I'm dominant physically. I mean I think that he has like Shaq abilities if you really like honed in on it. Now hundred percent. He doesn't necessarily have the ability, but I think that he is like he's got the attitude, he's got he's got all that nastiness that you want in a center. And I mean to me he's like the best true center I've seen since since maybe Shaq. I mean, yeah, Boogie and Dwight were great, but Embiid is just uh, another monster and you know he was one he was a Kawhi Leonard game winning three at the buzzer in game seven away from playing in the NBA finals next year last year I mean yeah totally he could have he could have a ring right now I mean if if Kawhi doesn't get that shot and they play a banged up Warriors team that the Raptors play you know Joel Embiid could have a ring right now and I think it would be completely because of him I think I think he masks, you know, a lot of Ben Simmons, uh, you know, negative traits. You know, he shoots, Ben Simmons doesn't. He kind of leads, I don't think that, you know, he's nasty. I think Ben Simmons is more the Le- LeBron Dwight cloth where he's more friendly and kind of wants to be homies with everybody. And, you know, he's a gamer and all that, you know, he's, I don't know. I just, Ben Simmons to me is, it's always kind of been a product of hype. Um, not that he can't play. I mean, I think he's an amazing player, but he's got a b- lot of holes in his game, and he's got, I think, even more holes in his, like, leadership qualities.
0: Yeah, totally. No, I agree with with everything you're saying about Embiid, but the reason I had Jokic at two was, like Jacob said, was his passing ability, averaging almost seven assists per game uh, and averaging 20 and 10. It's like he's a triple-double threat, and don't get me wrong, so is Joel Embiid. He could could get a triple-double if he really wanted to himself, uh, whether it's assists or even blocks maybe. But um, I just think Jogic's ability to pass and playmake is what puts him above Embiid, at least currently. Don't get me wrong, Tyler. I completely agree with what you're saying, that Joel Embiid has that shack in him to where he could be the most dominant center in the league. And I think he is the most dominant center in the league right now. But I just think I got to put Jokic at two over Embiid right now.
2: Yeah, I mean I think with these top four guys, you're just nitpicking, you know? It's like totally, totally. It's, it's, a, it's all with these top four. I think it's all just preference.
0: Yeah. So, all right, number one,
2: who do well, you Jacob, have, Jokic? Oh
0: yeah.
1: So Jacob, I do at, too. At, at two, I have Anthony. Oh damn! Davis. Sorry, yeah. I did it again. I keep yeah, I keep getting my number <laughs> skipped. Hey, it's because we're not all together. Yeah. yeah see, I'm it's... over here raising my hand. You can't see me though. No, um, I can't. So at number two, I have Anthony Davis because I've I've always loved him as a, as a college player too, and I knew he was going to be successful. Unfortunately, he did not get rookie of the year when he first got drafted, but honestly, I think that kind of put a chip on his shoulder, and since then, he's really improved his game in all aspects. Great distributor. He's able to stretch the floor now and hit um, threes, and a big issue for the Lakers in him was can he hit those mid-range jumpers, which this year he has proven to do that now on a more consistent basis, and he's always had that back-to-the-basket game as well as still being able to keep his guard skills that he had in high school. So, honestly, he's a really complete player. Only reason why I can't put him at number one is because, to me, a big man was is, is still a traditional big man. And so that's why this next person, when we get to it, is that's my number one because of just how they play. But Anthony Davis is by far, he, he's honestly not very far away from the person I have at number one.
0: Well, who do you got at number one? So, that's number, so,
1: on. number, so number one, I have Joel Embiid. I didn't want to put him there only because I do question some of his qualities because he can be such a dominant force. And I've seen him have like 40 and 20 type games. But then he goes to games where he scores maybe seven points and grabs like four boards. Like that can't happen if you're going to be the, you know, the more dominant force as a big man in the league. But I only have him there because he does have those qualities Again, he is injury prone too, but he does have all of like the total package of a traditional big man and to be the best big man in the league,
0: yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, for me, at number one, I have Anthony Davis, and it's exactly like you said, Jacob, it's because not only is he probably the most skilled big man, it's those guard abilities that Anthony Davis has that he developed when he was younger. I believe like his freshman year, he was like six foot, six foot one. Yeah, he was and then a shooting he,
1: guard at one point.
0: Yeah, he he comes back the next year after the summer and he's sprouted like eight inches. And so he had to develop a big, uh, a big man game, but he always kept working on his guard abilities. And I mean, what I've seen him do for the Lakers this year, getting to watch him up close and personal and what he does on the break. Seven footers shouldn't be allowed to to do what the types of moves he makes on the break with the ball. It's incredible. And that's, that's why I have to put him at the, as the number one big man in the NBA. It's he's the all around big man. He's the all around player.
2: Yeah. Anthony Davis to me is, he's my number one big guy. Uh, I think that his guard, his guard abilities is the load reason. I mean, All the big guy attributes, all these guys have, you know, at the top four. But he separates himself from these other guys due to his guard play, like you guys said. Um, And, you know, I also think that Ann Davis is a top five basketball player in the world, straight up. Agreed. Anthony Davis, I think, is, you know, you saw, I saw a cool, and I like to compare, you know, I like to compare players. And I saw uh, Kareem Kareem O'Neill Jabbar said that, you know, he saw most he thinks the guy that's most similar to him is Anthony Davis. And I saw Anthony that Davis too. The, Anthony Davis can shoot the three. So it's like, you know, Anthony Davis is just, you know, he's kind of got, he's got that Chris Webber guard in him. He's got the, you know, the Garnett defensive abilities and length and and then, you know, like he's got that, that total offensive package under the basket. Yeah. No, I mean
0: he's he's the complete package, and I com- I completely agree. I definitely think he's a top five NBA player right now.
2: Uh, and, yeah.
1: And, and again, I would love to put him at one, but if he just had the size of Embiid, he would easily be my number one. Only reason why yeah. I have Embiid is just because of his like, just of of how big of a force he is. He he is. Honest, he's just so hard to match up with as a center. Totally. And, no, and I agree. And for
2: reference, and for reference, last year I had Embiid as my number one center, and I had Ant Davis as my number one power forward. So really, my number one and my number two are two number ones. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, it's these guys are these guys like Ant and Embiid could be on the court together, and it wouldn't be no issue. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I'm yeah. looking. I'm looking my, at my list uh, of centers last year. I had Jokic at four, uh, Demarcus Cousins at three, Gobert at two, and Embiid at one. And then for power forwards, I had who was my number one power forward? I'm bringing it up right now. Uh, my number one he, power he,
2: forward. He wasn't. He wasn't a Laker yet. You were probably hating. Oh, uh, where
0: is it? Oh, wait. No, I don't think I was hating.
2: And I don't think we had we didn't have Braun or I don't think we had Braun or Giannis as the power play I don't know, I can't so.
0: I can't find it, but whatever. I I mean Anthony Davis to um, me is the, the best big man in the in the NBA right now. And that's all that's all. That a,
2: yeah, I think I think when you look back at it in my lifetime, it was as far as dominant big guys. You know, Shaq held the crown. I think Shaq was probably the best big man in the league for 10-12 years, and then I think Dwight Howard had that crown for five-six years, and then I think I think Ant Davis came in and took that crown. Now there was a couple years there where it was like up in the air. You know, where it was like Bynum had a couple good dominant years there. Boogie Cousins was arguably the best big man in the in the league there for a couple years, but. For the most part, I think my life, it's been Shaq, and Davis, and
1: Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, and if it's, if it's, I'm going it's crazy. All time, all time, I'm putting Shaq as my number one.
2: No, no, no I just meant like... Yeah, no, no, I'm saying, but as, as, in, like, the,
1: in the terms of, of dominance and big men and who was like... Yeah, I know what you meant by by air, but I'm just saying, if that's why I chose Embiid, just because basing it off of what yeah. Shaq used to do, that's why I went with Embiid as one
2: for sure yeah and it's too bad the game doesn't allow him to be Shaq i mean because no. it's just you know he he even commented on it i mean and this this goes back to my Ben Simmons argument why i think you know mb it's the winning factor and not the losing factor and he made a comment that was just like hey i wish i could just back down people all the time but i have to spread the court because i'm a good teammate and that's like what our system allows and they need out they need spacing because ben simmons cannot shoot and you can't have a bunch of guys that can't shoot out on the court together or you're just going to shrink the floor and and the defense is going to be too tough to get to the rim. And so it's like Joel Embiid knows. He's like, I wish I could just, you know, back out every play, but I'm doing this because I'm a good teammate. I understand what's going to win us basketball games and stuff like that. So it's too bad that, you know, the game has changed to where it's going to be hard to see another Shaq just because of how spacing works now. Especially if he's, you know... Especially if you say with Ben Simmons, you know, if, if Embiid was playing with four shooters, then maybe he could get on the block and just dominate.
0: Yeah. So, all right, let's run our list back real quick. One to ten. Tyler, why don't you start and go with yours, then Jacob will go, and then I'll, I'll close it out.
2: All right. I got I got my top ten big guys in the league right now today. I got Ant Davis, Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Kristaps Porzingis, Andre Drummond, Steven Adams, Nikola Vucevic, and Miles Turner.
0: All right, Jacob, who who is your top ten?
1: All right, so I have Nick Vucevic from the Magic. At nine, I have Miles Turner. At eight, I have Steven Adams. At seven, I have Rudy Gobert. At six, I have Blake Griffin. At five, I have Kristaps Porzingis. At four, I have Carl Anthony Towns. At three, I have Nikola Jokic. At two, I have Anthony Davis. And uh, last but not least, I have Joel Embiid.
0: All right. For me,
1: my number one is Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles
0: Lakers. Two, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. Three, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. Four, Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Chris stapps Zingis of the Dallas Mavericks. Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz, Andre Drummond of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number eight, I got DeMontis Sabonis of the Indiana Pacers. Nine, Nikola Vucevic of the Orlando Magic. And then number 10, Clint Capella of the Atlanta Hawks. All right. You guys got any shout-outs before we get out of here?
2: Yeah, I got my guy. I've shot this guy out a couple times. Um, But he was was a a recruit a basketball recruit uh, near my hometown in Lacey, Washington. His name is Eric Stevenson. He played uh, at the high school my dad went to, and then he went to Wichita State, um, which I thought was awesome to see a kid from, you know, Olympia, Lacey, Washington, go to Wichita State. Um, And he is now, he announced about two weeks ago when the coronavirus stuff came out, he announced that he planned on transferring. Um, And he just announced today that he's transferred to UW So he's going to be playing for the University University of Washington. Um, I think there was some homesickness. Um, I know from following him on social media, he had a grandfather that he's close to passed away. So I think that that was a lot of the reasoning why he's transferring to be closer to home. Um, And it's going to be awesome uh, to see him play at UW next year.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It's It's always fun to see the hometown kid come home and play for the hometown.
2: Yeah, and it's cool, you know. Stevenson, uh, you know, he left. He went to Wichita State, which I thought was cool. And he came home uh, to play at UW, and then in football, Jacob Eason, who is going to be an NFL draft pick this year, Jacob Easton played, you know, high school ball in Seattle, went to Georgia, which I thought was awesome to see. a Seattle, kid go to Georgia and play in the SEC, and then he transferred to UW. Uh, now he's in the NFL, so it's cool. To, it's cool that these guys got out. Um, But when it didn't work out,
0: it came back home. Yeah. All right, Jacob, you got a shout out before we get out of here?
2: Uh, No, not today. All
0: right. Well, uh, I'm shouting out all the nurses, doctors, healthcare professionals, and first responders putting their lives and their families' lives on the line by being on the front lines of this global pandemic with the coronavirus and just trying to give the best possible care to as many people as possible. So thank you to all of you. with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholki, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.